up devil fans welcome to the trap podcast i am your host bill botch alongside my father bill senior the pickle dad how are we doing on uh this sunday saturday afternoon good just waiting for the hockey game to come on at four o'clock we have a uh we have a christmas party at friend's house at six o'clock and i told mom we're going to be respectfully late about an hour um Going to watch that Calgary game. Yeah, so we are recording this at noon on Saturday. So this is prior to the Calgary Flames game, but it has been a while since we've spoke, and um, there's a lot to there's a lot going on with the team right now. So um, there's a couple different ways that we could start this. First, let's. I want to I want to go over some of the background stuff in regards to the podcast. Is that your phone? Yeah, my phone just ticked. I'll turn it off. Somebody telling me that they can't play in a golf tournament next week. Right. So, um, you know, me and you have talked about this a couple of times and it came out on uh Twitter last night. So, I saw this um I saw this meme of the Sopranos regarding podcast did you see this post that i, I had? did i did okay so obviously if you've listened to this podcast you know that we we reference the sopranos a lot and to see a sopranos slash podcast reference i thought it was funny and i posted it and i posted um no advertisements or no commercials on purpose well, this created like this whole bizarre yeah, dialogue that turned into like World World War Three, and um, and I wanted to address it because it's it's something that I'm actually kind of proud of, and um, and I thought that our listeners should at least understand where we come from. So, how many times have me and you, or have you specifically, brought up us? getting paid advertisements on the show. Right, monetizing it and stuff. Um, and you're dead against it. And I don't blame you. We Why do is that? You because think? we do this for fun. This is what we do. It's like we love the devils. And, you know, would it would it add that much more to your bank account to do it? Or would it just kind of dilute what we do? Okay. So we have we've had this conversation before. And this is kind of the way that I look at it and why there hasn't been any advertisements on the show up to this point. Trust me, DraftKings, FanDuel, we have a thing called billion dollar picks. Do you not think that they want to be involved in this, right? And it's like, as the podcast continues to grow, which we've seen pretty significant growth, um, I am going to try to keep it uh, ad free as long as possible. And this is my reasoning for it. So you figure I got three kids. I get home around five o'clock every day. My kids go to bed at eight o'clock. That means that I get three hours a week during the weekdays, the five days a week to spend with my family. So that's 15 hours a week. This, every time we do a podcast, it takes over two hours because the recording and then the editing, and then uploading, posting, blah, blah, blah. N not to mention, I'm watching the games, and I'm going. I haven't missed a home game yet. I'm going <laughs> to all the games. So it's like I am already sacrificing this time with my family, which is more precious than any money, right? So if I'm going to do the podcast, I have. we are in a very fortunate situation to where we don't need to monetize it, and... I'm already investing my time, which to me is more valuable than the money. Now, I completely understand. I realize also that I am in the very, I'm not in the majority. It's very rare that most people want to make a couple extra bucks if they have, if they can. If nothing else, just for hosting fees and monthly, you know, there's monthly bills that come in with trying to host a podcast. I would never get in the way of somebody making a dollar. You sure, know what I mean? Or sure. even look at them different. 
you know, what's, what's funny is I listen to all different kinds of podcasts, all of which have advertisements or you pay a premium to listen to it without an advertisement, just like anything else, just like Netflix with commercials and Netflix without commercials. Or so if I have the ability to, if I'm investing so much of my time and passion and money into putting out content and I'm able to give our listeners the best experience possible without having advertisements in it, I think that is an added bonus. And it, and it adds to the experience of being part of the podcast, like of listening to this podcast compared to somebody else's. Now, if I, I'm not, I wasn't judging anyone else who ha- every single other right. person has an ad. So I'm not judging anybody. I was just saying personally, we made it a point to not, to not do that. And if you have, and if the, you know, some guy, this guy, Andrew, I, I don't know who he is, but if you have a problem with me being proud of not taking money to give my listeners the best content, that's on you, dude. Like that's not, that's that has nothing me. to do with me. Yeah. Block it. That has nothing to do with me. So he called, he called me a jerk and said that everybody knows that you guys are jerks. And it's like, first of all, I don't even know you. Like, and if you've ever listened to the podcast, I don't claim to not be a jerk, but how do you know? Like, how does he know that I'm a jerk? You know what I mean? Like, what are his sources? <laughs> I don't know. Close family and friends, maybe. <laughs> I liked your response though. The jerk store called and they're all out of you. <laughs> and they're running out of you. Yeah. And it's like, a jerk. That's just a funny, <laughs> that's just a funny insult to begin with. I know. And why, and, and it, why would he take the time to forget? So I, I think it's because, I think it's because, um, Ollie, Jack of hearts, he does ruffle a lot of people's feathers. He, he insults people sometimes and he, he's very aggressive. And, and I actually, it's funny because me and Ollie were arguing and that's kind of one of the things that if you've ever listened to us, I always invite people on who have a different opinion than me to give them a platform to defend themselves or to talk or to give their side, their point of view, which I think is good. That creates like like natural organic banter. You know what I mean? So Ali came on the show just because we weren't agreeing. We didn't agree on Mike McLeod at one point and we weren't agreeing on the way that Lindy Ruff was managing Holtz and he, and he, got onto the show strictly because of that. And then we talked it out, but I would give anybody the opportunity to come on. And it's like, I've made it a point to go out of my way to support all the other devils podcasts. So like Neil Villapiano was the first person that had me on last week. You were up. We talked to Trey Matthews from right, locked on right. devils. Um, the devils in Jeff from devils insiders has become a friend. Um, uh, Jersey Joe, like right. obviously Jersey Joe is, is always around the uncle puckers. Like you can go on and on and on. We have a, the brat pack. We have like a pretty big community. I definitely didn't get in this to, to turn it into cash. I definitely didn't get in this to fight with other devils fans. It's like, I have, we're going to do a music podcast at some point and Kyle's going to come on and actually Coleman might come on too. And we're going to do a, a music episode because we get a lot of people that comment on the intro and the outro music that we play. And I have a long history in music with, I was a DJ for a very long time in like nightclubs and stuff and played in really high profile places and did a, met a bunch of cool people and was, uh, you know, kind of, I was kind of doing my thing. Would you agree? You were a celebrity, Bill. I was doing my thing. Like, and, um, and I remember when I first started DJing, I got into it because I loved the craft of it and I loved the art of it. And I was so passionate about it. And do you remember like what, explain my room situation to people? No, I know. I know your, your room in my house. It was, uh, it was like a, like a recording studio and it was very, very loud. How many records do you think I had in that room? You had so many records that we had to rent a storage facility and it, we filled it 
with records. You bought a storage facility uh, full of records at one time. I did. Going through it. Um, you had a lot of records. You yeah, had, we had to clean out my closet and just had records stacked all through the closet. We had, had a, a whole everywhere. DJ booth. It was crazy. And I got into it and I really liked it. And as I as it gained more traction and I became more popular and I started making really good money, it uh it kind of like changed. And then like you had and then I had to be there every night and it becomes something that you have to do. And I don't want this to happen with the podcast because I like am doing it for all the right reasons and because I'm enjoying it and because I like talking hockey and I don't want it to turn into a money thing and then t- and then have that suck the fun out of it. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 I understand completely. It's like when something becomes a job, then it's not, not fun right now. It's and talking about the devils and hockey. It's fun. It is. But I have had conversations with you on the side where I said, like, this is taking up a lot of my time. And, um, I don't know if that's fair to my family or like what I want to do. You know what I mean? And what have I, I said not, to you? And what have I said, you said to you? Do whatever we, you said do whatever you have to do. Like we could just talk about the devils on the side. We don't exactly. have to record, we don't have to record it. Stuff. But I really have enjoyed getting to know everybody. And we have like all these new friends and everything. But, you know, like so Ollie went and started fighting with this guy. And then Patty Shambro, he's he's in Boston. He's at the he's at the Army Navy game today. And he hit me up at like 1230 at night and he was going at war with this guy. And and it's like, and and it's like, this is not what, this is not what we came for. And like, we already spend so much energy putting all this together and everything. I don't want to spend any energy arguing with people, fighting with people. Like, I just want to do what we do. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. I'm not judging anybody else. Yeah. It's like, um, I lost, but there was, but there were people that were actually like writing some stuff that were like, it was like maybe like two people. And man, do I love like a bad review. Like a good bad review is like so, is so classic to me. You ever go to like a dive bar and they'll have like a bad review up on the wall or something like that. But this one was just like such hate. It was just like, you guys are effing blah, blah, blahs. And And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, I've never said anything that would offend anybody on the podcast. Like, I don't understand what is going on right now. People just defending advertisements so much. I'm like, this guy really loves commercials during his podcast. He does. He does. He even wrote, they're just trying to save people money. It was like, uh, is that the is that the purpose of advertising to save people yeah, they're money? Try- <laughs> yeah, they're trying to save the people that are put that are putting the content out money. No, I I get that. I get that's that. what they're doing, right? So the way I look at it is by not having in by not having the uh, the advertisements, I'm considering it almost like an investment into the community, into our listeners. Right. That's the way, That's what it is. So uh, let's move on. Yeah, but I thought I it was pretty. I thought it was pretty funny watching the fights go back and forth. And no, some it, of the, it uh, is. It is, but it's not. It's not productive. No, it's and not it's productive, like, and it's like if he doesn't like it, don't listen. It's like I know. He, he's not I know. forced to listen. But either way, um, I don't hold any hard feelings. And if the guy ever wants to come on the show and talk, well, I, by it, all means, I don't care. That, you, know what, you, know, you know what we have had happen? Um, and I don't know if I've talk, told you this yet, but by offering people who argue with us um, or, or don't agree with us, the opportunity to come on. We've had like this pretty big influx of people that want to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And it gets hard because you see like, when did I ask you if you wanted to record today? Yeah. Like five minutes ago, like five minutes ago. Like I just don't have a lot of time right. to like set things up. You know what I mean? So it does, it becomes like a little, it becomes a little more challenging to have guests on regularly. And it shouldn't become a, it, like you said, it shouldn't become a big job. It's like, this is, you know, from the beginning, I said, you should do it because this is what we do. We just, we constantly talk and text hockey and it's, it might be know, fun, either- it might be fun, but when it becomes a job, it's, it's, that's. Yeah, that's but I want I- the people, I want the people that are, are really good um, contributors because there are people that contribute there are, behind absolutely. the scenes and send me all kinds of notes and like stuff that I use. And um, I don't want them to be feel slighted 
uh, it just is my, my schedule just sucks and it, it's hard to figure out a time that works for everybody. So all like all the guys, Jersey Joe, Publius, Ollie, you know, there's guys that send me emails. Um, Publius I, posts a lot of good stuff. He's good. Yeah, he he's is good. good. And you, you can tell, you can tell the people that actually like the devils or love the devils as much as we do because they really know their shit. And, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people do the people that post a lot, like, like Publius and stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so let's, let's get on to the devils. The devils have won five of their last six. Woo-hoo. They have looked really good since Nico has come back. I wouldn't say really good, but they're winning games and, and, um, We'll get on this road trip and we'll start off with Vancouver. The Vancouver game to me was a real, this was as prime time of a game as you were going to get with three Hughes brothers playing in it. And you knew that they were going to want to put on a show. There was going to be a lot of people watching. It was the first time that the three of them have played in a game at the same time. And at this point, I I, I kind of look at the Hughes family almost like the Manning family. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, they did. Vancouver is a very good team. And, um, you saw what they did to Thatcher Demko, who is one of the best goaltenders in the entire league. And they chewed him apart. He right. he couldn't stop anything, right. which kind of right. makes you look at our goaltending and you think, listen, our goaltending definitely needs to be better, but you're going to have nights where a goal, a good goalie can let up six goals in a game sure. or five goals. In sure. a game. Um, but I really liked the play of everybody. Um, you know, we could start with, it was definitely, so I, I put up a post that actually got passed around where the next morning I woke up, first of all, these late games suck. I know they're so hard because you can't go to sleep afterwards. I watched all of them. And the last one, when I saw that it was bad enough that Leah Hextall's doing it, but then they're starting late and it's like, oh my God. Well, I mean, we had, I have to get up for work in the morning, you know what I mean? So it was, it was really difficult. It, it really ruins the next day. Um, but it's like one thing to stay up till one o'clock in the morning, but we almost gave up that, that lead that we had. No, we had a two goal lead I in know. the third period and you saw how frustrated and how, the how i don't know if dejected is a word or rejected or you saw the um the real pain on vitek vanacek's face when he let up that last goal he looked suicidal he looked very bad and it's like you know what i'm kind of i'm over the bashing our goalies every every episode because um there's nobody that wants to play better than him you know what i mean right vitek vanacek is one of the most liked guys in the locker room for sure. You saw his personality come out last year when right. he really when he was running, held, yeah. <laughs> when he held the devils on his shoulders and he's just a very likable guy and I want to see him work out of it. And I don't know if he ever will, but there's no point in kicking the guy while he's down. So despite letting up five goals, I thought that he did make a couple of very he big made saves. A that lot game. of good saves. The first two periods, he made a real lot of good saves. So I was like, wow, this is it. Um, you know, Vitex back, um, you know, and then, then they got, we just got unfortunate in the third period. We got pinned down. Yeah. And, um, I thought it was a great response and, um, for the devils to, to be able to come and, and pull that one out, especially in regulation, Jesper Bratt had two goals and, um, he's a guy who he hadn't produced really in the previous, he hadn't scored in eight games up to that point which is a, that's a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. he went from being one of the leading scorers in the league for, throughout the first month of the season. Right. Uh, he still, ha- he still has assists, but he hasn't, he hasn't really gotten on the board as far as finishing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so what, but you have to look at him and you know, he's got 29 points in 24 games. That's better than Matthews, Miko Rantanen, Crosby, Marner, he is, he is productive. He's being extremely productive. And I even, I, I'm loving his, his physical game. I'm not saying that he's, he's taking people out and, you know, 
he's people are afraid of him, but he's using his body really well this year, um, wedging people off. I I think he's playing a. I think he's playing really well. Like like you said, an eight game goal uh, drought is is tough, but he's he's playing pretty good. Yeah, the thing with him is he he's so streaky. He's he's averaging one point two po- uh, goals per game or one point two points per game. I know he's just very streaky. He scores him. He scores. No, he does. He, he does. He scores when it counts. <laughs> I'm a brat fan. Okay, so here we go. Um, I, I'm allowed to be Brad fan. Come on, man. He is streaky. Okay. I'm just saying that he's streaky. We're all Jesper Brett. Brett I agree fan. with you. I've done nothing but praise Jesper Brad all season. I'm just saying he, he's, you don't, it's weird to go from scoring how many goals in the first month of the season to not having any goals for eight games. No, I nope. agree. I definitely been, agree. His entire, his entire career, he's been a streaky player. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the guys, you know, uh, look at uh, Mercer was like that last year. Mercer went on a tear for like twelve games in a row, and then disappeared, right. and then came back. Right, and and it's like I'm just saying for the course of his career, I've he's been a streaky player over the course of his career is what I'm getting at. He has. Um, so it was good to where if you could start producing and finding the back of the net a little bit more, I think um, it'll go a long way for this team. Uh, I mean, we have to get into Nemitz, right? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Okay. So it's his, he's played in three games now. He's got a point a game. Yeah, he started off with two assists in his first game. Um, and then he he scored in the uh in the Seattle game what was crazy to me about and this is just an overall um overall how i view him and something that i one of the reasons that i like him so much is did you notice his reaction when he scored his first ever nhl goal no i really didn't i'm being 100% honest exactly because it was just a, it was just it was like as business usual. as usual. Yeah, it oh, was he like, acted like he acted like he had been there a million times. It was his first. Now, do you remember when Luke Hughes scored his first NHL goal? No, absolutely, absolutely. And that was a different situation. It was in overtime, and I'm not, I'm not. This is not against Luke Hughes. I'm just saying different personalities. Yeah. Do you see how Nemitz looks like he he uh, looks? Like he's been around forever. for like a while. Yeah, he looks like he's been around forever. And even the couple mistakes that that he's made, he's made up for a million times more. I didn't realize that, that this kid's defensive game was really that good. Like I knew you he know, could jump up and play, but defensively, he's he's playing really good. You know, he. You think about this. You think about the the Vancouver game. Lindy Ruff benched Miller. I saw that, yeah. He benched Miller for the whole third period, and he ran Nemitz out there on the penalty kill, on the power play, and at regular strength. I saw that. In his second game ever. Yeah. He was the second leading. um, he He was second on the team in ice time, and... I I think Lindy Ruff really likes him. He has definitely made some mistakes. There's no doubt about no, that. No, he has, and that's and, expected. And that's that's going to happen, uh, especially in your own zone. But his goal was a very heady play. He definitely saw that soft spot in the ice, and he snuck in behind him. If you if you see, he I he's like that. on the right side, and he sn- he sneaks in behind them, and he finds that soft spot, and he finishes. The kid is just. He's just mature, and his hockey IQ is beyond is is just beyond. Like right. to me, when I when I watch him, I just feel like the growth that you're going to see out of him is going to be next level. Like I wait know. until like he figures out the speed of the game. Wait until he gets a, and he's already big. Like he's a big, thick kid. Like he got crunched in the Vancouver Saw game. That. Yep. Whoa! And it's like he got back up and he ate it and. Um, you know, and, and it was on an icing and they let him sit. The that's, that's, 
that's what I want to talk about too is, is like that's something that Spit and Chicklets had brought up. They brought up like players not protecting themselves the way that they used to. And then it's like the amount of physicality in the game is not what it used to be, but it, what's happening is the younger players coming into the league, they're really not absorbing physicality the same way that they did back in the day. And it's leading to more injuries. Right. And I couldn't agree more. It's like there was a couple times in the past two games, and this has been over the course of his entire career, but he sure is just not, he, he's like not aware that he's about to be hit. I know, I know, I know. And you see, you see guys, forever. you see guys like, like Brat and Mercer that kind of get themselves in that same situation and turn out of it. And, um, you, you know, I always thought, I always, um, attributed it to, you know, him just being a hundred percent and all in and like just putting his body on the line. But that doesn't help if you're going to be out hurt. It's lack of awareness. Do you think it's yeah. lack of awareness or do you think it's just like, just, you know, no, I, I think it's to the wall of, all in. No, I think, I think, I think he's not aware, which is crazy because he's such a smart player. I know. And, and it's not just him. I'm not picking on Nico. He It's a lot of players. Like it's Luke Hughes too. Like, no, Luke, I saw that. Hughes, and, the, and you know what? The officiating's got to get a little better too. They have to, they have to be able to see because this isn't, it's not just happening to us. It's happening all around the league where the late whistles and stuff like that. It's like, come on. Now they're calling from Toronto, even with goals. Well, he meant to call the whistle, uh, blow the whistle. He just didn't do it in time. It was intended. It's like, you know, they, they got to take a little bit of that responsibility too. Well, the the you're talking about the Luke Hughes on the icing, right, hit, right, right, and and obviously that was the fish that was the linesman's fault. But I mean, if you're Luke Hughes, you have to be aware that there's no whistle. Like he didn't guard himself at all. Right. It was just that obvious whistle, and he sees the goalie with his arm up in the air, and it's you know. But <clears> I, I agree I, with you. I agree my, my with point, you that he has to be more. My aware. point is. You know, they brought it up on, and Paul Bissonette brought it up on Spit and Chicklets, and I only saw a little clip of it, but, and he was saying just how, like, the, like growing up playing in the 90s, you learned how to take a hit. Right. So, like, you, you skated down the boards, and someone would come in. They wouldn't cream you, but you would learn how to absorb a hit. You know what I mean? Like, and I think in peewee hockey, and they're they're not teaching kids how to – protect themselves. And when someone comes barreling down on you, which is going to happen to every single hockey player, how to get yourself through that situation without getting severely injured. And I don't think that um, some of these, some of these guys are just not, they're not respecting the physicality of the game. And, and it's, I think it's even harder for the European players because the European, you know, leagues over there, they really don't play as physical as they do in North America. And uh, they got a bigger ice surface, so they're really not—they're really not taking a lot of hits over there. They're not taking the same amount of hits as they—they they take. No, it's a more skilled—it's a more skilled it game. Is. And like, what happens is, um, in North America, once you become like a bantam, some of these coaches in bantam, like, they're—that's what they do for a living. Like, right? They're She's not just like wreck so. coaches who are, you know, they're—that's what they're doing for a living. So they're trying to win games. So what they. They're not worried about skill development. They're worried about winning games and having a good program. So a lot of, you know, once you hit 15 years old, uh, a lot of it becomes dump and chase in North America. And it's like, because that's just like, we can out physical them and it's a safer brand of hockey. You know, the coach looks at it like a safer brand of hockey compared to trying to too much skill involved. You know what I mean? So the North Americans do have an advantage there on a smaller ice surface. Uh, but like Luke Hughes played in North America. So, and he played collegiate hockey. So no, absolutely. How, you know absolutely. I, mean? I think it's just, the game is changing. The game is clearly changing a little bit and turning to speed and skill, but physicality still is a very important part of the game. And as important as it is for people to finish their checks, it's also as important for people to know how to receive a check without it costing them games. Because if you can't play, you're, 
I don't care how good of a skilled of a right. player you are. I forget what game it was, but don't take a hit like Palat took. Palat tried to get under a hip check, and that was that was a scary, scary hit. He got he took he got crunched. He got the hip to the head, mm. um, which was total clean hit. He just that's one of the times where you got to pull up, you know. So back to Nemitz. Nemitz is three games into his career, and he looks like a budding superstar. And a lot of people, and it's going to take him a while. And there's going to be there's going to be a lot of sloppy play on his behalf. I'm assuming moving forward with any young defenseman. But to be honest, I've been really impressed with Luke Hughes's um, his maturity in his game. So I don't know anything can happen. But he did have this quote where he said, "I hope stay here." and and it's like and it's like we hope you stay here too buddy like you know what i mean like and can you imagine being 19 years old and from slovakia and your first time you come over to north america you come and you play in you go to utica of all places um and he said like he gained weight he's like the food was like good but it was like i got fat out there but if you see how big he is it's funny and and he posted um he posted this picture uh saying that it was a night that he'll never forget the first game that he came and he did the, and he did the, the rookie lap or whatever. And the picture, and we were so excited to see him because I've been a huge Nemitz guy. I've been talking this guy up for a long time now. And the more I looked into him, the more I started liking him. And he's just my kind of player. Like he's a, he plays both ends of the ice. You know what I mean? Like that's just the kind of, that's, I like well-rounded hockey players that could play in any situation. And, uh, so we were down on the glass, and sure enough, the picture of him skating out, there's only one face in the whole picture, and it's my son's looking <laughs> at him as he's doing his his rookie lap. So that was really cool. Um, you know, maybe if he becomes some famous Slovakian player who's, you know, a legend, that would be a cool picture to have on the wall or something like I, that. I had it framed. I had it framed. I had uh, I ordered it today. It'll be at your house within a week and a half. I ordered okay. it for William. I ordered it go. for William because I, I do believe that that guy's, that kid's going to be an all-star and, you know, hopefully he does have this great budding career and William's going to be able to look at that. He's loving the games. He's going to say, Hey, I was at the first game he ever professional game he ever played. That's his, that's his first lap. That's the first time he hopped on the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nico Heischer, since he's been back, he has put up a lot of points as well, and the team is, you know, they're not pretty. Um, oh, like, like I was saying, I woke up the next day, and I felt like they won the Vancouver game. And I woke up the next day, and I, and I had a tweet, and it said something along the lines of, we, I watched my favorite team win a game last night. It was up to 1 o'clock in the morning, and I went to bed, and I still feel like shit like about the win. Right. And it was because of how it happened, and we gave up the lead and everything. But – to be honest with you, the more that I think about it, it's Vancouver is a very good hockey team. They have definitely turned the corner. Um, you really get to see how good Quinn Hughes really is when, you know, we don't get to, we don't watch I a know, ton of Vancouver. Um, they were able to keep uh, Pedersen at, at a arm's length for most of the game, which he is deadly. And, um, and for them to, to, you know, take advantage of their scoring opportunities against a goalie like Demko and come away with a victory on the road in Vancouver when they needed one, even though it was ugly. That's huge. That's that's something that's good. Like coming off of a San Jose loss probably made that feel a little bit worse. You know what I mean? Sure. So then they go to Seattle and um, like you said, late start, 1045 start, Leah Hextall, the whole nine. um, Just a, not a good situation in general for us back in Jersey, but uh, they they played pretty good. They got outplayed in the second half of the game. They did. They did. And our goalie won us a game. Yeah. It's like that's that's what you need. And you see that he has the ability to do this. And you could say, you know, puck luck. It, 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 I read all the stuff the next day. Oh, we his, put the pipes his best friend and blah, 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 blah. He made a lot of good saves. Made a lot of good saves and great for his confidence. I know. And he's, his save percentage is above 900 for the first Ooh. time this season. Um, and 
we just need some consistency out of him. Yep. Let's see him Absolutely. be consistent. That's yep. it. We've gotten through this. You know, t- we've won five of six. We were starting to climb the ladder. We were have a game at hand versus some of these teams, um, and we're not far out of a playoff spot. We've battled adversity through our injuries, horrible goaltending. Um, you know, the way that I look at it is they have this game today versus Calgary. Markstrom's hurt. He's got a broken finger. I know. So are they playing Dustin Wolf? I looked it up and I couldn't find it. But Dustin Wolf is a kid I've really had my eye on for a very long time. He's somebody that the Devils would love to have. Young goalie. He's going to be the franchise goalie in Calgary for a long time. And I'm curious to see if he gets to start today because he's he's going to be the real deal. But he's very young, and this might be an opportunity to take advantage of a young goaltender with all the firepower that we have. It's like Calgary's leading scorer is Blake Coleman, seven goals. Right. So um, I do think that there is opportunity there. You've seen Calgary is unloading pieces. They got rid of Zadorov. They're talking about breaking it down, but they are still in the mix. You know what I mean? So it's not going to be an easy game. Um, And then tomorrow we have Edmonton, and that's obviously they're fighting for their lives. They're, I mean, half the talk around the NHL is just talk about the Edmonton Oilers at this point. Um, so, you know, a couple of things that really stick out to me when I'm looking at this team is they got to figure out what to do with Dawson Mercer. Um, because it's, it's, it's him, him and Meyer. So the way that I looked at it, I said, if we can get some chemistry between him, Meyer and Holtz, that could be a really good line. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah. And nothing's working for any of them. So I think that you have to switch it up. I don't think that Mercer's playing well at center, to be honest with you. No, I think he's got to go to the wing. He should be moved back to the wing, which enables you to do a couple different things. The f- first thing that comes to mind is you play Halla on the, on the third line, mm-hmm. but Jack really likes playing with Halla because Halla does all the dirty stuff for him. And he's he, like, I get it. Dawson Mercer is a 200-foot player, and he's right. smart. But he doesn't have the. He's not a veteran the way that Hall is. Hall has knows all the tricks. He's done it all. He's played with tons of good players over the course of his career. It's like if your superstar player wants to play with Eric Hall, it's kind of hard to say. Well, you know, you're going to play with you're going to play with Mercer, and I don't know if that's the case. So you can move Hall to the third line and have him center Meyer and Holtz, and that's a good line. That would be a real good line. And then you could try to get Mercer going by playing him with Jack. That makes sense, right? That does make and sense. Fully. Yep. That, that's a good line. That is. Um, there's no reason to touch the Heesher, the Heesher line. Um, but a part of me, if Jack really didn't want to play, didn't want to not play with Halla, you're not going to move to Foley. Like, to Foley's not no. a center, so that doesn't make sense. So part of me thinks, like, dude, like, Mercer, if you, if he doesn't play good today at center – and he, they're not going to move him to wing with Jack. The move is to play Mike McLeod on the third line center. How does that, you know, how does that really help us though? I mean, because Mike yeah, McLeod Mike McLeod's played- faster and he, he moves the puck up the, the middle quicker. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that helps. Much better. I don't know how that helps. It could, it might help whole team and Timo. I don't think that helps Mercer at all. Well, if it means helping three people instead of one person, then two people. Um, well, no, because it would help McLeod too. Yeah, we give him more ice time. Yeah. So, you know, I think that Mercer deserves to be somewhere, but if he hasn't shown really anything to where, and his game has been better of recent than it was, but it's still not where it needs to be. And to be honest, Mike McLeod played in the second line center for a little while and he played really good with Alex Holt and stuff. He moves the puck. He skates. He carries the puck through the neutral zone as good as anybody. And he plays with speed and he plays down the middle of the ice. Like there's strength down the middle of the ice. Mercer does not play with strength down the middle of the ice. He doesn't. I like the idea of taking Holtz flipping Holla and Holtz because we played that way in preseason and we look pretty good. And Jack's a playmaker, and now he's a goal scorer, but he's a playmaker too. And you have Holtz has that that crazy shot. Um, I think that that could work too. 
and then you're you, and you're so taking Holtz and replace uh, Hollow, flipping them, and then putting Mercer on the wing on third line. Right. I mean, I yeah, you could. I just feel like Jack has played Mercer played his best when he played with Jack Hughes. He did. He did. But not for nothing, everybody probably is going to play their best. Absolutely. Absolutely. And wouldn't it be great to have Holtz play the best with him when he's got that shot? I mean, yeah. geez. Yeah. So the you know, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of, you know, Timo's getting a lot of flack. I was talking to a guy at the rink today and he was saying, you know, maybe he got that big contract and he doesn't care. And I, re- I really don't think no, that that's yeah, too, too, too soon. He too was soon. hurt. You know what I mean? Like he definitely he, was. And then I think he came back to play versus San Jose because that was his team that he played for, for the whole first half of his right. career. And he wanted to go back and play versus them. Um, he hasn't really found a spot on this team. I thought that, Going, dating back to last year, I thought he played his best when he carried a third line by himself. Right. He he needs to be the guy just like, dude, just go. You take over. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about you could be the guy. You know, and that's what he always was in San Jose. It was never it was never like, well, you're going to play on the wing with Jack, and then he's going to be able to try to find you an open ice. It was like, just go, dude. Like, go nuts. Right. And that's right. like when he plays his best is when he just – plays with a lot of force and a lot of energy and he's like a bull you know what i mean like you need him you need him playing power forward role right i you know and i don't know whether it's because of the injury but i since he's been back a couple games small sample um not playing like a bull seeing him turn away from a lot of uh turn away from a lot of checks and it could still be residuals from whatever it was that was wrong with him. But um, just don't see the Timo that you saw last year, not yet. Do you think, do you see the same physical game? No, I mean, I mean, I think he's played okay. He's not playing like a $9 million player. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But he just, I feel like he's just like trying to find a place. Like they're like constantly trying to figure out. He's playing with different players all the time. Like I, you want to just see him have chemistry with one other player. Right. And that's what the Devils do. And that's the way I like, I like that too. I actually, I like pairs and then you can move people up and down the wings with them. It's always a center and one winger on one Mm -hmm. side. So like Nico and Brat, you know what I mean? Like Jack, Jack. Yeah. And it's like, if you could get, I mean, think about it. Like, if you can get McLeod and Timo, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of – that's very physical. Those are two guys that are very physical. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that Mike McLeod has earned himself a little more playing time. I get it. We were all in love with Brendan Smith playing on the wing. uh, (laughs) For his first couple games, he takes a suspension. He takes the stupid fucking penalty in the game the other night on a slew foot. That's totally has no, yeah, it had, it didn't matter. It wasn't needed. It was retaliation. It it just can't. He continues to take horrible penalties at the worst time. It's like, I'm over the Brendan Smith. He got fined. I know he got got to find the maximum, the maximum he could on that, that play. Um, It's like, I'm just, I'm like over Brendan Smith, um, even on a wing. My prediction didn't come true. I had uh, Smith scoring a goal that game. You literally couldn't even bet it. It literally was not <laughs> even a bet that you could make. But you could see how that could happen because he is in front of the net, like wreaking habit. Either he's going to get a penalty or a goal one of these days. <laughs> uh, he, I did bet Nemitz to score the other night. Oh, you did? 10 to 1? 10 to 1 odds. And you know what? When you said that, I was like, I see that happening. I definitely see that happening. Well, you know what it is? So here, this is like this is like Luke and Nemitz are so different, but they're so good and in like they're both going to be so good and both of their skill sets are needed so much. You know, Nemitz plays a little bit more of a two hundred foot game, but his whole thing is like volume shooting. He's very much like Dougie, yeah. to where it's like getting pucks through. Like that's his thing. You know what I mean? Um, and obviously Luke is more of um he's more of a, a puck transporter. Puck handler, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you're gonna need both 
what's going to happen is both of these guys haven't done it yet at all, but there's a part of their game that you're going to see come eventually once they get a little more comfortable, and that's a stretch pass. Right. And this, and and talking about Nemitz, this is going to be very, very unpopular and stuff, but it's almost like, you know, Dougie going down is horrible, terrible, but it's not nearly as painful watching this kid come in. He's only, it's, he's almost filling his shoes. You know what I mean? And he's not, he's not Dougie. We know that, but. He could have been playing instead of Brendan Smith. He he could have, and you're a hundred percent right. Uh, would he have played the same role though? Would he have p- played that same role? You know, playing him on the third line would that have helped him as much as you know being the second quarterback of the power play or or yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's like yeah sheltering him and playing him versus players of lesser quality would have been good for him. It well, he's up now. He ain't going nowhere. He's not going anywhere. He's out playing. He's out playing most of our defense. He is cool as a cucumber. Yeah. yeah, he really does. He's cool. Like you have to watch the goal and watch how cool he is. He just gives the, you know, like all, all like hardly he, even a he smile. The stick and pumped gives, it once and then gives, just went over. Gives the a side. nod to Brat for the pass. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. been there a million times. One of the guys that is a concern to me on the defensive end is. Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball has not no, played well he's, at all. He's been he's been playing. He's struggling. He is on a, he's on the struggle bus for sure. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm you hoping think we, do you think we going. see Dougie back this year? No, you don't Maybe think he'll go back. Okay. Yeah, I don't. You know, when you read about that injury, uh, torn pack, which is like. You really wouldn't think it would be that bad, but but it could be either horrible, like a year injury, or it yeah, could it's be a year a six, or it could be a six week, uh, depending upon how big the tear is. Or whatever. he's out indefinitely. So he's the team said he's out indefinitely. Yeah. So I mean, that's typically that's pretty bad. Um. Did you see that John Rom is joining Live? Yeah, I did. Four, you know, four hundred, four hundred fifty million dollars. I think it's, it's like, five hundred million. Yeah, it was. I read. I read. It was in the fours, but um, you know, when when DJ got a hundred million, I was like, you can't. How how could you? You know, how could you fault the guy for not taking care of his family, generational wealth and stuff? And John Rom gets four hundred and fifty million bucks. It's like seriously fifty million dollars, and. They're merging, aren't they merging? The PGA well, and well, Liv? yeah, they're they're going to they're going to keep like uh, they are where they're going to be able to play in in the majors and this and that and stuff. But have you ever watched live golf though? It's terrible. Yeah. It's team golf and it's terrible. I mean, it's really even uh, friends play- of mine, Sean and Dave went down. They watched it down in uh, Doral and stuff, and they said it, it was it was almost unwatchable. Um, but if you, you could play in the majors, why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know, why wouldn't you if you couldn't play in the majors? And they were saying, well, he may not be able to play in the Ryder Cup, and that's what he was worried about. But it's like, who gives a shit? It's four hundred fifty million dollars, guaranteed. It's like, yeah, every you know, your family is everybody in your family is set forever. So, you know what's crazy with four hundred and fifty million dollars, you still have only gambled as much, only half <laughs> as much as Uncle Phil Nicholson. <laughs> Uncle Philly, Uncle Philly, my ass. It's like, is that crazy? That's so funny. That's so Which, funny. That, that's, that's, you got a problem. <laughs> There's phone are, numbers for people like you. <laughs> we are going to get into this week's billion dollar picks in the league where they play for pay. All right. So it's been a little while. We are 15 and 10 on the season. Not bad, right? No. 
15 and 10 is pretty damn good. Yeah. And, uh, all right, I'm not taking this, but I'm going to tell you, Jack Hughes has been his shots per game over 4.5. If you've taken that, you've won four of the last six. Free money. Just keep riding that out until they move it up to 5.5. That would be the move. Um, all right, so this is what I like. So some of these lines, you got like the Avs versus the Flyers. It would be like minus 200 to win 100. You'd have to, you know, lay 200 to win 100. But you could pick them to win in 60 minutes, and it helps your, your odds out. So the Avs play the Flyers tonight. This is in Colorado. I got the Avs winning in 60 minutes in regulation, minus 145. Buffalo. Over Montreal in 60 minutes. Minus 112. Oh, my God. He just sent me pictures of William with his haircut. Is it good? A Puerto Rican vibe going on here. Sorry. Um, next. <laughs> uh, Timo Meyer tonight or this afternoon. To have one point, minus one twenty-five. Well, Sign I'm hoping. Up. I'm hoping for that. He he's got to get on the board. He definitely does. Um, and then we got the Detroit Red Wings over Ottawa minus one forty-five. Those are my three picks. Or those are four picks actually. Those are my four picks, and you could run the Jack Hughes out there if you want. 15 and 10 after starting off one and three. Hmm. Yo, so Patty's at the Army Navy game. Patty gave Carl Banks some shit. Not Carl. It was was Carl Banks, but it was like starter, you know, like starter jackets. He gave them some shit because they filmed the commercial at the Prudential center and they didn't have a devil's jacket in the, in the video. It was literally a guy wearing a Rangers jacket in the thing. So Patty is really on a roll at this point with don't wear other people's gear in, in the rock. You know what I mean? Which I kind of get, like, it was like, you're wearing a Ranger Jersey at the Prudential no, center I or a Ranger, a Ranger jacket at the Prudential center. So he like reposted it and started, um, and like got into it with, the actual company or whatever. And Carl Banks hit him up and was like, and you know, Carl Banks follows our show. Oh, he does. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Love Carl Banks. And he, he ended up, he sent Patty two free starter jackets. I saw that. And, and the hat. And it's like, let's talk about this real quick. Carl Banks is a total giants legend. Agreed. Oh, one of the, you know, he'll go down in history as one of the top five ever, you know, uh, okay. linebackers that ever played. Tell me this. Carl Banks' jersey's number is not retired. Wow. That's, that, that's a shame. That's criminal. Yeah, that is criminal. That is criminal. And the guy calls the games. He's still with the team. Right. He's, he does the radio broadcast. He does the pregame shows. He's the face of the team outside of being... All right, besides LT and Carson, you know, give me well, another. I mean, give me, well, I'm just saying, give me another Michael, linebacker. That's what well, doesn't have to be a linebacker. I mean, they, you know, Michael Strahan was a defensive end. I mean, Antonio Pierce was, he was a good linebacker. I mean, he wasn't Carl Banks, but he, no, was, no. he was good. Um, I mean, Pepper Johnson was a good linebacker. He was good, but he wasn't Carl Banks. I know. We're gonna, I'm not debating whether or not these people are as good as Carl Banks. I'm saying, why is his number not retired? Should be. Especially somebody who's been with the team for so long. You know, you can get into – we're going to take a trip down memory lane right now. If, if, if I have nothing else to really say about the Devils, so you can just sign off if you don't want to hear me talk about the Giants for a little bit. But um, 1986, the – Pinnacle of the Giants winning their first Super Bowl. You have 
Bill Parcells in his prime. You have Bill Belichick. You have Lawrence Taylor, obviously. But the next best player on that team, it's a toss-up between Carl Banks and Harry Carson. But, like, let's be real. I get it. In the that playoff run, all right, Jim Burt knocks Burt, out yeah. Joe Montana. And yep. Lawrence Taylor has an interception return for the touchdown. Yep. Classic, famous Giants play. Yep. And then you have the game versus the Washington Redskins at the Meadowlands to go to the Super Bowl. This is the infamous starting of the Gatorade shower. Yeah. So um, they dump Bill Parcells dumps the trash on the players in the locker room or whatever. And the players come out and they dump the, they had this great second half and they dump the, the Gatorade thing on Bill Parcells and the wins at the Meadowlands, the famous wins at the Meadowlands. They used to open the doors by the end zone and get the wins going. Yep. And all the fans start throwing their garbage. And first of all, if you've ever been to a game at the old giant stadium, when they would, when it was a windy net a day, which it, Pretty much always. always but much, yeah. It would literally take the shit out of your hand. Like the amount of hats that have been blown off of people's heads. And like if you had like a hot dog wrapper or something, it would like it would suck it out of your hand when you were walking down the tunnel to go to your seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but the fans start throwing all the garbage on the thing, creates like a mm-hmm. tornado. It's this whole famous scene. If you haven't seen it, it's really cool. You should check it out. But in that Super Bowl, you know, we're talking Pinnacle, John Elway. Um, Pasadena, Lawrence Taylor was not the best player on the field. Carl Banks was the best player for the Giants in that Super Bowl. And, I mean, Phil Simms had the highest completion percentage out of any quarterback ever at that point. But it was Carl Banks that really stood up. They had a goal line stance that he made a couple huge plays on and helped, I mean, was, like, pivotal and such an uh, important part of the Giants winning their first Super Bowl to where end in end in 1990 as well. It's like, how do you not retire 58? It just right. doesn't make any sense to me. But the fact that he went out of his way and sent Patty so two jackets. Cool. That's so sick. And Patty's the jacket. Like yeah. the jacket. The jacket. <laughs> and you get a yeah. and you get one from like one of the most famous Giants ever. Not for nothing, but I haven't met a lot of uh, you know hockey players and stuff, but every football player that I have met, like, you know, I've met Bill Parcells and played golf with uh, Otis Anderson and, you know, a a bunch of guys, Lynn Swan and stuff like that. It's those, they're all very, very cool people. And, you know, for him to go out of his way to send him that because he, he mentioned that and, he, you know, he actually thought about it. He probably thought, you know what, this kid's right. You know, it's like, you know, we should probably should have supported the the hometown team. Yeah, and I'm sure he lives in he lives in Jersey. I'm assuming. That's so you know cool. I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's really cool. I mean, he's a class act. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Um, game comes on in three hours. We have two matinees. We got Tommy DeVito on Monday night. So. Um, we got we got some good sports coming up. I like this. We do. We do. I might miss the end of tonight's game. I'm going to a Christmas party. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I told her we're going late. Our party's at six o'clock, and I said it's a two and a half hour game. I'm watching the whole game. It's like ten. You know, even mom was saying like, just record the game. You could watch it. You get yeah. up. You know, you get up early. It's not the same. It's not. You can, you know, you can go to the end and see who it is, and fast forward and blah blah blah. It's not the same. So I tell you what, if the Devils get, if the Devils win one of the games, the next two games, that's a pretty successful road trip. If we win two of them, we'll be we will have won seven of our last eight games, and we consider we can consider it a semi heater. No, the start, is. yeah, absolutely, yeah. and this is it. I mean, we took all our injuries in the beginning of the year, and other teams are going to be getting. And I'm not saying that we're not going to get injured, uh, we're not going to have more injuries, but I mean, we took we took all our key players beginning of the year, so it kind of kind of threw off our start. I think that everybody not being able to play with the same guys, and 
I, I, I have reason to be optimistic. Yeah, there, it's like every team is going to face adversity. So Absolutely. Let's we just had it first. Let's just see if our goaltending continues to play well. Um, but either way, I and hope not, everybody – Not ahead. for nothing, but one more thing. You see Nico Dawes return last night? Yeah. He had 31 yeah, saves. It's like pretty good, pretty good. Not to say that we need him or no, he should be the guy, but, I mean, but like, it's like, yeah. It's can't like, hurt. Keep him rolling. All right. Well, um, keep an eye on Tanev tonight. I will. Because he's somebody that the Devils have been targeting. Um, yeah, either way, uh, we'll probably do – we got two more games coming up, so we'll probably do something maybe Sunday night, tomorrow night. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. All right. You've been listening to the Trap Podcast. Uh, make sure you leave a nice review. Um and or now, a very, if you're going to leave a bad review, make it real bad. And now, not a word from our sponsors because we have <laughs> not. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this sponsorless podcast. I love that family guy thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so funny. You guys think you're better than everybody else. <laughs> We're just trying to get by over here, people. Jesus, oh, give me so some slack. We're doing this for free. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Let's go, Devils, and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to the trap with uh, Bill Botch and the Pickle. And uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Peace. Thank you.